Hey guys, in this episode, I've got John Kylie on the show from Mid-Atlantic IRA, and he's talking about how to unlock your retirement plans, your 401k, your IRAs, and be able to invest it in real estate. So stand by. Jack, welcome to the Hyperfast Wealth Show on the Hyperfast Agent channel. We're excited to have you. Uh, before we start, why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about your background and and uh, and what you do? And I'm, I'm excited to, you know, Sunil and I are excited to get into what you do. Okay. Well, th thank you for the invitation. I I thoroughly appreciate it. And uh, I'm a CPA by trade. I have a tax practice in in uh, Frederick, Maryland. I also am a principal at Mid Atlantic IRA. And we're a provider of self-directed IRAs. Uh, it allows clients to do th purchase alternative investments in their retirement account, things generally things other than stocks and bonds. So that is primarily in this space, real estate and making of loans. No, self-directed IRAs are something that um, I learned about about 10 years ago. I'm sure you've probably been doing a lot longer than that, but well, why do you think, I mean, most people don't even ever hear about this. Well, I think, I think, first of all, I think the, uh, generally the big reason for that is that most of the huge financial institutions, you know, brokerage firms and banks have sort of co-opted that retirement investment, if you will, to channel that into stocks and bonds. Most people's uh, 401k plans and what have you have been thoroughly invested in, in those types of vehicles. So you just naturally think that those are the only investments available right. to you, where truthfully, there's there's a much wider spectrum of investments. And, you know, and again, the uh, the government only only mentions two items that you can't do in IRAs. You can't buy uh, collectibles. So fine wines, works mm -hmm. of art, those sorts of things and uh, and life insurance. Nice. But everything else is fair game and uh, and real estate. Is a, is a great you know investment for yeah. uh, self-directed accounts. Now I remember uh, this is like going back twenty years when I was with you know, I did a lot of stuff with Charles Schwab back then. I, I specifically remember them telling me you can't do anything else with your IRA. They made it sound like there's just nothing else you can do with it. And almost ten years after that, I learned that there is something you can do with this. So you're saying right. you can pretty much do anything you want except those two things. Right. right. So you know uh, institutions like Schwab and Fidelity and uh, Merrill Lynch and those guys. You know, they'll, they'll say that their uh, accounts are self-directed, but typically what they really mean is as long as you are buying what they sell, you can buy anything right, that they exactly, sell. That they okay? sell. <laughs> and, and to them, that means that is self-direction. Yeah. Uh, true self-direction, again, is that wider spectrum. So companies, you know, a self-directed right. company like ours, we don't, typically we don't really, uh, your investment option is yours. You decide whether that's good for you, given your your you know financial background your your level your aversion to risk and those sorts of things and yeah. we place the investment and we dot i's yeah. and cross t's and I, I remember not even you know not 20 years ago i'm a little bit younger than you Samuel, but, <laughs> okay yeah. thanks for that financial uh financial advisors telling me you know, they didn't tell me I couldn't do it, but they just made it sound like right. so scary. They were like, well, you got to get this right and that right. And the IRS could come in and do this. And they, they just made it seem really, really scary. And then a couple of years ago, I just 
Google the companies before I met you, but I Google the company and I had it set up on the on the phone in like a day or two. It, <laughs> like is, it, wasn't, it wasn't that hard. No, it's not a hard process, and, and you, you know you have to keep in mind. And I don't I don't mean to sound as if I'm bashing anybody, but generally the motivation for keeping you in, invested in, with them is they get paid. Simply, they get paid that way. Uh, you know, where we get paid, and every look, everybody, everybody gets paid to do something. You pay us to place an investment and to maintain the account to dot I's and cross T's, and that's the you know that's the big difference. Uh, again, we're not really looking at what you buy; you make that decision. But we're the dotters of I's and crossers of T's. And quite frankly, what I always say to people is, self-direction gives you the uh, the ability to invest in things maybe that you know a little more about. So if you are a real estate person, mm -hmm. you naturally real estate is something that you understand and you, you get. I have, for instance, we have a client that only invests on one street. That's her, that's her thing. Okay. Knows the street well. That's yeah. right. You know, it's a it's a pretty long street. Thank well, it's goodness. The, it's but, the Rockefeller but strategy. But, you know, but that's put the her, eggs in one basket right. and wash that basket. Right. But that's but that's her thing. Just right, as right, a lot right. of real estate people, you know, they they might be uh, looking at a certain size house or a certain type of real estate investment. Maybe they're in multifamily. But you can whatever your niche is, you can stay within that niche and you understand it, and it's a good investment for you. Yeah. No, I felt, I mean, again, when I learned about self-directed IRAs, it's been at least 10 years ago, I can't remember exactly when, is that I was so excited because, you know, what you're saying is that a self-directed IRA truly is self-directed, right? You get to make those decisions. Right. And I was kind of tired of just sending my money to some mutual fund or some stock, you know, whatever, that I didn't understand anything about, just like you said, mm -hmm. versus now I could take that money and put it into something I do understand, something local, something I can touch and feel, I understand what's going on. Right. So I, I think, you know, I just... I think it's it's the, the vehicle is awesome. I feel like everybody should know about it, and I totally understand what you're saying. Is that these companies, large companies who dominate the market, have an incentive to keep it kind of keep you away from this? Right. Uh, you mentioned the, the startup part of it. Like, just can you walk us through like the quickly like is the paperwork hard or how long does it take or how's your company? No, it's that? it's actually it's fairly simple. So there is you know there's generally there's three main pieces of paper okay. that you need to touch. One is the application, which is name, rank, and serial number. Yeah, That's pretty simple. easy. Next is a fee disclosure form, and it just uh, it, it's one sheet that we have anyway. Other other institutions are a little different, but basically, we just want you to understand what mm -hmm. it is that you're paying, you're paying for, for right? those sorts of things. And then, lastly, is a transfer form, and that is that is a form that moves money from institution to institution. Okay. So, if you are opening an account with us, you would complete our transfer form. And basically, that comes back to us, and then we countersign that and send it on to whoever whoever has your account now, and they act on those instructions. And it may be, you know, send X number of dollars, or it may be sent, you know, close my account right, and right. send everything. So, so maybe like a maybe ten minutes, fifteen minutes worth of paperwork. We send it to you guys. Everything's yeah. set up, and you guys yep. take it from there, something like right. that. So, yep. That's pretty exactly simple. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty not, simple. Doesn't sound much different than if my money was at right. Schwab and I wanted to move it to Fidelity or I left my company and right. I wanted to roll that plan right. 401k or IRA into a Schwab, right? right? Is, it, is it kind of right. the same? It is, it's, it's very similar. The, you know, the other thing that we will do also is when somebody establishes an account with us, mm -hmm. 
we assign you to an account rep in our office, right. okay? So, and that's a little different from, from a lot of, uh, in fact, I think all other places. Generally, you call in and you talk to whoever answers the phone. Uh, that person is your point of contact for everything that you're doing, whether you're buying, selling, need a distribution, putting more money in, whatever it is that you're doing. And then it's that person's responsibility in our office to get you the paperwork that you need mm -hmm. and shepherd your investment through the process. So we're, we're sort of walking through that and making sure all the paperwork is done with you. And a lot of, in all other places, really what happens is they don't want to see any of your paperwork until you have it all together and then you're going right. to submit it to them. And, right. and you guys, look, I've, I've bought some real estate, mm -hmm. it, not as much as either one of you guys right. have, but in the 15 or 20 pieces of real estate that I've bought, I've never had two settlements go the same. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure your horror um, stories can I, be much- uh, a whole episode much, on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, several, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but the reason that we do that is because we want to make sure that things go exactly as they're supposed to go and right. settlement occurs when settlement is supposed yeah. to occur. Yeah. Well, one thing I was, when I first started using self-directed IRAs, I was a little bit confused about, maybe you can clarify for, uh, for our audience here, is that pretty much any qualified plan can be moved, right? So if you have an IRA, a SEP IRA, a 401k, they can all be put into a self-directed type of fund. Can you talk a little bit about the different types? And, oh, sure. And so, how? well, the first thing to, to understand is self-direction is just, a, it, you know, quite frankly, is a marketing term. And, and simply what that means is that you can invest in anything that permissible by law, okay? So money, to open a self-directed account or to move money into mm -hmm. a self-directed IRA, money has to come from another qualified plan, or right. IRA. So the one thing that you want to make sure happens is that traditional IRA moves uh -huh. to traditional IRA, Roth to Roth, like, okay. like accounts move to like accounts, right. with the exception of when you have a break in service. So if you, had a, if you were involved in a 401k plan, at a previous employer, right? Then that you have the ability to roll those funds over into an IRA or a self-directed IRA. Correct. If now some people, just to make things a little more complicated, <clears throat> in some four hundred one k plans, allow Roth contributions or what are referred to as Roth designated. Right. So those would have to move over to a Roth account. Your pre-tax or traditional dollars would have to move to a traditional IRA. So you do want to keep those two separate. Okay. But you know, we we will walk you through all of that. But you can't you can't move 401k money until you have a break in service. Okay. So if you're your okay. current employer, if you're you know, if you've been working for ABC company, right. you're not Generally speaking, you're not going to be allowed to move those dollars. Okay, until you until you have a break in service. So then right. once gotcha. once I've got it in an IRA, whether it's a SEP IRA, a traditional IRA, Roth IRA, once I do that, it can it can it just moves right. into the same kind of self-directed IRA. Right, right, exactly. That's great. I mean, since we're on that topic. You know, a lot of people that are watching are self-employed. They either you know either completely have their own company or they get a 1099. If what, what is your recommendation for, again, establishing a, a self, what, I guess, a, uh, an IRA versus a, a solo 401k? Can you talk a little bit about that? And well, what's your recommendation? Well, the, you know, I will, you know, somebody's recommendation I would leave to whoever their, their okay. advisors are. Having said that, you know, my general Jack's guidelines, right, right, <laughs> if right. you will, yeah. are, you know, you should, you should be looking at a plan of some sort. 
So a traditional IRA or Roth IRA will allow you to, to for or put away deduct up to six thousand dollars in the current year. Okay. And if you're if you're lucky enough to be over fifty, then you get a thousand dollar catch up. Right. All right. If you have a business, so if you're self-employed, you might be a sole proprietor, you might have an LLC, you might have an S corporation. Correct. Those are the three big. It doesn't matter which one. Doesn't matter right. which one. Exactly. You have additional options. So your your business could sponsor a SEP, okay. Simplified Employer Plan, which would allow you to put away up to twenty five percent, and there's a there's a back out for for Social Security and Medicare. So it works out to be roughly 20% of your net earnings. Okay. Okay. There's what's called a simple IRA, which is, I would, it's, it's about halfway between a SEP and a 401k. Right. And that would allow you to defer out of your earnings about $13,000. If you're over 50, you get a $3,000 push. Okay. And, and then there's a, uh, there's a matching contribution, right. which you have a couple of options there, but generally it's not more than 5%. Okay. okay? And then last, if you are, this, this plan is only good if you have no employees, so it's owners only. So if you're a sole owner, of an entity, or maybe you have a partner, but you okay. don't have you don't have what are referred to as common law employees. Right. Anybody else getting a getting right. paid right. a solo four hundred one k, and that would allow you to defer the first nineteen thousand dollars of okay. of uh, earnings, right. and then a catch up if you're over fifty again. You've got a six thousand right. dollar catch up, and up to 20% of right, the so you net. on top of it. Right. 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 And the overall cap on any of those plans for, for 19, 2019, I, I believe was $56,000, okay. soon to be 57 in 2020. Okay. And, and that's before the catch-ups. So the catch-ups would, would rise that's your That's pretty up. exciting, though. I mean, you can put them like a lot of money. over $50,000 a year away tax-free. Well, it, that's that's uh, very true. And, and if you, you know, so depending on whether you're, uh, you like, pre-tax or Roth, right. the 401k gives you the ability to, right. to do at least the deferral piece right. as a as Roth as Roth, opposed right. to, to pre-tax. So different options, but one probably allows you to put more away than the other. But right. Like, yeah. right. And so, you, can, you can do all of those, the, the solo, SEP, simple, you can do all of that in self-directed? Yes. Yes. They're all, yeah. you know, with, we, have, we have products, if you will, for each one of those, right. or we have all those plans. So it's, it's so this is something I, I can roll money into it to start it. I can I can con can, I, can I contribute directly? Sure. Can people contribute directly every yep. year into, That's into the exactly, self directed? Yes, yeah. So the self directed again. It's just again. It's a, whether your SEP is at with us at Fidelity or I'm sorry at Mid Atlantic or Fidelity. <laughs> right. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. the contribution limits are the, are the yeah, same. The same. Okay. Yeah, so. so. Yeah, exciting stuff. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, I think to... I think it's something that really frees uh, frees the little guy up to do what, what the well, big boys kind of keep as their own game. Because you know, you were telling right. our team earlier that you know all the buildings around where we are here in Arlington, they're they're all bought by retirement funds, like like big ones, big pensions, big. Yeah, they're uh, financed, right? Right. By, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when you look at when you look at big projects, and, and by big, I mean thirty right. or fifty million right. dollar projects. You know, generally banks can't because they have they're constrained by the mm -hmm. you know by the regulators. They they you know they have to mm -hmm. watch their loan mix, right, and they've, right. they've got a ton of, of things. And it's and it's 
you know, I'm sure they feel it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. you know, but insurance companies and pension plans don't have those same constraints. So a right. lot of these big, big projects you'll see funded by those financial institutions. Right. And, yeah. you know, and quite frankly, the other, you know, the other reason for that is those loan agreements right. are, can look very different, right. Right. you know. And, yeah. uh, no, that's what, I mean, you're, you're alluding to, and I think that, you know, I don't want to get too conspiracy theory, but I think it's, you know, the traditional models are a way to kind of keep the, the average investor, well, you, you stick to your stocks and bonds and mutual funds, right? But these are vehicles where now you can do bigger investments, you can own real estate, you can do things that these bigger pension funds are, well, are always have always been doing and making right. a lot of money doing. And I think when, the, when they're collecting 1% just to manage the assets and put right. it into ETFs and with more fees and all that, like there's, yeah. there's a reason a lot of financial advisors scare people about these, and maybe they don't know about them as much, but, yeah, but well, it's, it's, they're kind of incentivized to not know about well, them. I, you know, I, I think, <laughs> Forget I think, about it. <laughs> I think part of the challenge is that, you, you know, we have been conditioned yeah. to, to do certain things. So if you, right. you know, one of the things I always talk about when I'm giving presentations right. is, you know, you think about, you know, we're in football season. Right. So when you are watching football on Saturday or yeah. Sunday, you or know, Saturday, what yeah. kinds of, or Saturday, or both, <laughs> all day. You know, you see three types of commercials. You see car commercials. Yeah. You know, that doesn't appeal to any guy, right? right. right. You see, you know, you see the financial commercials, right, right, right? right? And the third one just completely left my head, but let, let me know you think there's a third one. I was going to think like Cialis or Viagra. Yeah, Cialis. Maybe that's why I have the block. The guys want okay. money, but, <laughs> sex, <laughs> and cars. <laughs> but when you look at, you know, but when you look at those financial commercials, they're all retirement plan commercials, right? right? And right. the reason for that is statistically, retirement plan money stays at an institution, I think, on the order of about 12 years. Yeah. Whereas your, your, just your investment right. money out of pocket is, is closer to six or seven years. So it's a better... You know, and, and sticky. it's sticky. It is. It's sticky. And it's also, you know, it's a longer yeah. term. So when you're, you know, when you're looking at, at uh, particularly investment, you know, investment options and right. real estate generally falls into this, that is a longer term play. So if you're buying a piece of rental property mm-hmm. or you're investing in a big multifamily a type whole, of project, years, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a number of years. That kind of that retirement plan is almost a better match, if you will, right. for that type of investment because right. most people aren't going to touch their retirement plan, you right. know, especially if you're under retirement age yeah. for you Quite know a for a number yeah. of years. Yeah. Right. Hey, that's a great point. We'll get right back to it. But first, I wanted to talk about a problem that so many real estate agents are facing. In fact, nearly 90% of agents are facing this problem. And that's the problem of going out of business. And then most of the ones that do are still struggling. They're struggling to get the results they want. But look, it doesn't have to be that way. I know because it wasn't that way for me. In my first year in real estate, I sold over $22 million in real estate volume. I wrote about it in my best-selling book, The Hyperlocal Hyperfast Real Estate Agent, but I wanted to do something more for the industry. That's why I created the Hyperfast Accelerator Program. Now, I know what you're thinking, not another coaching program, or and I get it. The problem isn't lack of information. The problem is who to actually trust, who to believe. And most professional coaches never even sold themselves. So whether you're selling 10 homes and want to get to 20, or you're selling 20 homes and want to get to 50, we can help. 
right? We've done it. I've grown my team from 22 million volume to now over 400 million in volume. It's one of the top real estate teams in the country. This is what separates me from most real estate coaches. Like I'm still in the game. What I'm gonna teach you in this program is stuff that's actually working today in my business, all right? What would your life look like if you sold just one more home a month? If that's something you're interested in, if you want to get those types of results, click on the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly slash hyperfastcoach and sign up for a free discovery call. And look, we don't take anyone and everyone, all right? The problem with most real estate coaches is that they do, right? They try to cater to the masses. So we only take a few people on purpose because we want to provide highly strategic, individualized, personalized service to help you get the type of results you want and achieve your goals. Click on the link below, sign up for a free discovery call, and I'll see you soon. I know one of the things you mentioned earlier, not, not here, but in, in another conference we were in, is that buying real estate and probably lending to real estate are the two, one of the two, the two main things that you probably see with your right. clients. Right. Just walk us through, Let, let's say, I know Dan and I, we, have, we do a number of projects, and we have a lot of people that use their IRA funds in this type of vehicle to mm -hmm. invest in our projects. Let's say someone wanted to do that. Uh, they have $100,000 they want to invest in one of our mm -hmm. projects. The IRA is considered like a separate entity, right? So then it has to, it's almost, it's investing directly well, think, into the project. Just right. tell us a little bit about okay, how that so, works. So think, think of it this way. You have your investment account now, okay? Right. Your IRA account now and wherever it is. And on your statement, it shows that you've got an investment, an ABC fund, you own right. Google stock, you've got all these different holdings. Right, right. So in a self-directed account, instead of seeing those stocks and bonds or those mutual funds, what you would see is 125 Main Street, 218 South Street, right. okay, and the, and the values of those things, okay? okay. If you are a, uh, maybe you own a, an interest in an entity, so right. a lot of times, typically what happens, you know, there's a, an LLC or a limited partnership that's formed and, and, right. it, and it solicits funds and, mm -hmm. and right. those funds come in. So your investment might be X number of shares or certificates in the 125 Main Street Right, but it won't, it won't be your name, it would be the IRA as a, right. almost like an individual right. So, it. Right, so by definition, an IRA is a trust, trust right. okay? So it can hold assets and, right. and you know, okay. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, let's, I think, let's uh, I'm gonna get on the board just, all right. just so we can use it. It's a new toy. <laughs> new toy, just so so people can uh, clear picture of this. So obviously we're talking, look at that. It almost makes my writing look good. <laughs> Self-directed, I-R-A. All right. We know uh, it sounded pretty simple on uh, what, I, what I couldn't invest in, right? I, I, I can't do uh, collectibles, right? Right. Or life insurance. Or life insurance. So that's uh, a big no. Life insurance, which that life insurance would kind of be a weird one to put in there, right? Because it's it already has tax advantages normally, correct? Right. It, I agree. I would agree with that. So that's a no. And the, the collectibles, what is that's like? You said wine, fine wines, art. works of art. You know anything that's got that collectible nature to it has a numismatic okay. value. Okay. And and, uh, and one of you know one of the things specifically you might have uh, so gold bullion. Although some in a lot of worlds that's that's a collectible. 
that's specifically exempt from those rules. So, hmm. so gold you can buy. You can okay. buy gold. Okay. Right. Gotcha. But if you so had that's... like the gold ink and mask kind of thing, oh, that wouldn't okay. that wouldn't so, work. Okay. All right. So nothing, nothing I could display in my house. Right. <laughs> no, that right. Right. That's <laughs> Definitely that, not. You, know, you guys help investors. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, yeah. you you will help well, them decide. Well, sure that's clear that's the... the that's the other reason that we want to get involved early in the process right. because. No. You know, we're generally we're talking about investments here. The you know we're not talking about buying a thousand dollars of of stock here. Right. We're talking about tens of thousands, hundred thousand, couple hundred thousand dollars of of value. Right. Okay, nobody wants to get three quarters of the way down the line and in an investment really and then it. find out that they yeah. can't do something. I mean, it just wastes everybody's time. So if you know we're having that conversation early and we're asking, you know, okay, what is it that you're looking to invest in? And right. we, you know, we, we right. kind of ferret those things out. And if it's you know, making sure that it's yeah. something that the client can do. So what so what do we, you know, we know what we can't do. That's a short list. Like, it probably leaves right. a lot that we can do, but that would we've talked a lot about real estate. You said that's a pretty big one. Right. Uh, what else are you what else are you seeing that, that people are well, we see we see a lot of real estate. We see a lot of loans. So I can loan. I can I can right. lend what a lending lend right. on real estate right. or yep. lend to a small business or yep either. Okay. Uh, you know, generally you would obviously if if you could, you'd like to get a security interest in something. Right. You know? uh, but that's strictly up to the client. But the other things that we see a lot of are uh, you know oil and gas used to be popular a couple of years ago, especially on the on the heels of fracking and all those sorts of things. Minimal mineral rights fall into that group, which could be actually real estate as well. Okay. Um, hedge funds are another thing. You know you have to have a self-directed so account. Private to do equity. That. Yep. Private placements. So mm -hmm. all of it, you know essentially any type of investment that is not publicly traded. Right. Okay. Okay. You would need you'd, you'd need to hold that in a self-directed account. Quite a bit of stuff you can a lot, do. A lot of yeah. a lot of different right. stuff that you know you can't you can't typically put your IRA in and Right. Yeah, you know, just it just opens up a whole new world. Well, it it for it does. And it is, you know, again, I think what what self-direction allows you to do is to leverage your knowledge and your ability mm -hmm. and and uh, you know, and put that to better. Yeah. And then just right. me, me personally, just to share with people, like I've been at this for two years, still have more that I'm going to de deploy, but, but so far we're, we're in a, uh, a tech startup, that's, that, and that was a private placement. Uh, we, we did one in a, a real estate project in DC. It was a commercial deal. We, we put money into a winery and resort. We're in a, a real estate fund, Grant, one of Grant Cardone's funds, actually. So we, so we gave some money to Grant Cardone with it. <laughs> You've done all this through your self-directed IRA, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We're, and then another another one we did was a, a bank, a small bank that is kind of in the, the startup mm -hmm. phase. And I think you mentioned earlier that that many many de novo banks, banks start right? with about thirty percent of of retirement plan money. Yeah, so this this is all stuff that you know I, I think is going to deliver a lot higher cash on cash return than than we're getting yeah. in stocks and just a, a bigger and, bigger investment return overall. And typically, these are the sorts of things that entrepreneurs 
in particular are interested in doing. So mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're they're looking for things that maybe they know a little bit more about, mm -hmm. maybe have a personal contact with right, or, right. or, you know, have have a better understanding of what the investment is. Now, one of the things, I mean, to touch on this, that point you mentioned, I mean, as I'm, I'm an investor essentially myself, but, uh, mm -hmm. I do real estate development, but I consider myself an entrepreneur and investor is that people always talk about risk, right? We're, we're evaluating three or four projects or three or four potential options. What is the risk? You know, risk to me really depends on your knowledge of the subject. Because again, if you're getting heart surgery done, you want a heart surgeon who's done this for 10 years, right? Versus maybe me doing your heart surgery. So same thing is that that's why I feel so good about real estate because I know it and I feel comfortable with it. And you know, I say majority of, of all my investments are in real estate. And I think my risk goes way down because I know about it. So I do every day. So I think that's what you're alluding to is that well, things you know are, can be more profitable and less risky. What? And this allows you to do it. Right. That's, well, that's very true. And I mean, risk, risk means different things to different people. So it's sort of that one man's floors, another man's ceiling sort right. of thing. Uh, you, you might look at a real estate investment and because you understand it and you know right. it, and, right. and you you know it, you, you understand when you walk into a property what you're looking at. Right. Somebody else might not. Maybe a a tech engineer might not look at that. However, right. the tech engineer might understand some new techie thing that's right. coming out, and there's a startup company that's putting that all together. Right. For him, and, that's less risk. For me, it's high risk. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I'll and I'll give you I'll give you a good example. You know, this is this is a good yeah. story. But when I first started, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, and it'll give you my my give you a, a sense of my level of uh, knowledge <laughs> on animals. The uh, one of a, a client called me up and and she wanted to invest in in alpacas. Okay. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to visualize this in my head. Okay? Not what, right? what is right? What what is I I know what it is. I you know, and I and back in those days we actually had dictionaries, right? So I'm yeah. like going through. And there's a thank God there's a picture. I go, oh, llama. Uh, <laughs> okay, you know, all right. So we're going through this thing, and right. and you know she's talking about the uh, you know what she wants to do and how the whole investment right, works, right. and it and it made sense. And at the end of the call, I asked her. I said, okay, I, I just I got to know why llama. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, and she said, well, I'm a vet, oh, and I'm a large go. I'm a large animal vet. So okay. and she's going into to wool yield and bloodlines and all these things, which okay. just made me, you know, my eyes glaze over. Yeah. So for me, you know, don't touch the, it. <laughs> right, the cat and I don't even really talk. Right. You know, I don't. Exactly. You know, I don't. Right, do, right. We, no, we just pass. Yeah. It would be allowed. The, the llamas would die. Okay. Yeah. You know, for her, she understood it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's it's again, you know, when we we do a lot of seminars for investors as well, and that's a big question. What's the risk here? Like. You can't just put a number on the risk. I think either you have to have personal knowledge of what you're investing in or have some trusted people. You know, like Dan and I, the investors that they invest with us, they, I guess, trust us because this is what we do all day long. They don't maybe have, a, have an intricate knowledge of how to do a real estate development deal, but they know we do. So either you or the sponsor you're going with should really have that knowledge. That, that's probably more important than the maybe type of investment. Right? Well, and, and I think what happens, you know, and real estate is a good example of this, you know, when when you put a get a property under contract, generally there's a due diligence period right. of time where you run through right. stuff, mm -hmm. and you involve you know an inspector and a this guy and a that guy and a other guy and and basically you're you're effectively you're working through right. some of your advisors and I'm kind of using that term yeah. a little loosely. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have an attorney involved right. a lot of times, so you so you're involving your team. 
You know, I mean, so we, you know, in real estate, we sort of do this almost intuitively. In a lot of other types of investments, people don't people don't do that. In stocks and bonds, I mean, how much, right. you know, how much of that actually goes on yeah, at, how much the, can at you the personal level? Right. Exactly. You, you, you know, have no idea what's going you know, on. And I mean, but some people <laughs> really knows what Google and Facebook. Right. Are. But some, but some people are. Yeah. Well, my my phone does. So, you know, <laughs> no, it's But you know, it, it is. You know, but for them, yeah. their level of comfort in that is is different yeah, yeah. from what mine would be. Right, right. Okay. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. Again, you know, I can't stress enough that, you know, I think this is such a great vehicle. I'm so glad we have something like this. One thing I was even thinking about earlier today is, for, for example, my kid's college fund. My daughter's about to go to college in January, so we invested, you know, 18 years ago in a college fund. And back, I think, I don't think there's such a thing as a self-directed college fund, right? You have to invest in whatever well, they, they, your choices there, are. There is something called a Coverdell IRA or an ESA, which is an educational Right, but IRA. how much can you put in? It's only $2,000 right, a year. Cover right, anything. Yeah, yeah, it's, you <laughs> know. textbooks. And if you, really. And if you, you know, but if you started early, you know, right. maybe, maybe there's an avenue there. But, uh, you know, I think with the advent of 529 plans, That's, which are the state right. plans, you know, there's, there, there's a better, for most right. people, there's a better vehicle for right. funding that sort of thing. Yeah, so for, with her, we, we put in a certain amount of money, you know, in 18 years ago, and we were stuck with, these are the choices you have. And we, right. we did it, it, it grew, it, you know, grew to a reasonable number, so we've got a good amount for her college. But again, if we had something like this that we could use those funds for to invest, it would have been, you know, much better. Well, right. Um, you know, and, so. And typically, you know, what you're, you know, when, when people look at their assets, generally speaking, on a household level, their biggest asset is their home. Correct, yeah. Hands down. Their second biggest asset is their retirement plan, right? Mm-hmm. And and then they have other investments, mm-hmm. you know, which are quite frankly are a distant third. So if you know if if advisors and and, mm-hmm. and you know financial advisors and people right. are saying, well, you need to diversify right. this this investment pool, your personal investment pool, but this your second biggest asset is supposed to all be in stocks and bonds that doesn't you know that that doesn't doesn't make make sense to me (laughs) no it doesn't you know it doesn't make a lot of sense you should be diversifying that as well you know and and everybody has well, they, they need their the own determination. They need, the, what, they need the management fee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know. They, well, you know, but it's yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, they got to make money. But you, you know, so you you have to. It, what self direction really allows you to do is to is to take better control yeah. of of all you know of your financial assets right. and and invest them in a way that you're comfortable with. Right. And for different people, that means different things. People who are self employed. People who are in real estate, for instance, are more given to, to I mean, we're all, quite frankly, we're all given to, to, right. to invest in things right. that we deal with every day, or at least on a, on a regular right. basis. And I, don't, I think that's human nature yeah. more than anything else. And self-direction allows people to do that. And I think yeah. that's probably the biggest, you know, and if you can do it on a, you know, if you can do those things on a tax deferred or Roth yeah. on a tax-free basis, you know, there's a there's a, a an overall advantage to your wealth building. Right, right. You know. That's exciting stuff. And and also, you mentioned diversification. So you don't, if you have, let's say, again, a hundred thousand dollars in IRA, you don't have to move all of it to a self directed right? You no. can take fifty thousand or whatever. Right. You still have your traditional IRA doing the stocks and bond thing. Right. Yeah. But then, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's very flexible. You know, it's all up to you how you want to play it. Right. So right. That's, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for being on the show, Jack. This has been awesome. I think you gave a ton of value. You know, we got a lot of real estate agents who, who watch this channel, listen to this channel. So, 
I think a lot of them are probably inclined and comfortable with investing in real estate, and this this vehicle really opens that up at a, at a greater level. You know, especially if, like most agents, they, they did something else, so maybe they've got a 401k from an old company or mm -hmm. have been using that the SEP uh, IRA for a while. That, that's pretty popular for mm -hmm. uh, solo agents or, or people that don't have big teams. So I think there's a ton they can learn. If, if people want to get uh, a hold of you, we'll obviously we'll put it in the show notes. You can go to hyperfastpodcast.com and you know, see the show notes and all the past episodes there. So make sure you do that. But if, if people just want to reach out directly to you, what's the best hey, way to get in touch? I'm a, I'm a phone guy, so feel mm -hmm. free to call the office, 240-575-3880, extension 201. Directly uh, to you. My, is, okay. yeah, well, <laughs> unfortunately, you'll, you'll have to run through somebody else, I'm sure. And, and do we ask for Jay Carol, John or Jack? Uh, <laughs> Either one, right? <laughs> no, you want to ask for Jack. Jack, okay, gotcha. you know, but, uh, but based, somebody there will yeah. be able to help you. And and, uh, and, and you we'll guys work, work nationwide, so anybody listening anywhere pretty yep, much can do it. So we have, we have clients all over the country, and they have right. investments all over the world, quite frankly. Okay. So, so it's not open. just, yeah, oh, it's, it's, well, it's a cool thing. It, mm -hmm. it is... It is literally, it's, mm -hmm. you know, everything except those couple of things that you had up there before. Oh, before, yeah. 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 <laughs> Where is you know, real estate and collectibles. Somewhere. So, you oh, know, the other way. That's all right. Look at this there new, we go. new it's toy. It's coming, it's coming. Collectibles and life insurance well, are the... Collectibles and life insurance so, are off the table. Everything else, fair, fair game. game. There you go. And I appreciate your your uh, your time and uh, and having me on. It was it was a great time. Both of you guys great, appreciate it. it. Yeah, well, love love to have you back. Just just to, to talk more of the CPA side. Maybe maybe do a, a top ten things for real estate agents and, and real estate investors to, to look out for when it comes to taxes. So. Anytime, anytime. Everyone needs a good CPA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next time. Thank Thanks you. again, Jack. You're great. Right. Thanks. Thanks. Yep. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.